0: if you will please, to Galatians chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6. Spiritual, restore such and one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear. His own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And let us not be weary in well doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And if we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Verse 9 again. And let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we shall reap. Not a question mark there. We shall reap. I want to preach a message tonight entitled, God's Law of Sowing and Reaping. Let's ask God to give us something from the preaching of the Word of God, and pray for me as I attempt to preach the Word of God tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're excited about what this message may bring. And Lord, I pray you'd endear it to our heart, but not be just another message, not just another time or date on a calendar, but Lord, that we might center our thoughts thinking and our prayers now upon your word we would ask you holy spirit to illuminate show us that which we don't even see yet and give us a blessing that's truly we probably do not deserve but we beg you for it tonight for all of those that may be listening on social media and those that are here in this place of worship tonight i pray that you would render to us a blessing We ask this in Jesus' name and for his sake, amen. Pretty clear, it's something that we understand, something we appreciate in being the truth. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. That's the case then if we follow the rest of this verse through. For whatsoever a man soweth, he shall reap that which he soweth. I've told the funny story about my grandfather getting me up early on the farm and saying, young man, I want you to finish sowing the corn. The furrows have been plowed and all you have to do is put the corn in there, cover it up, and you're done. Well, you know, I was about eleven or twelve years of age and I thought I had control of a lot of things and I thought, well, what I'll do is I'll I'll sew I'll sow until I get tired and I did. I sewed and it didn't take me long to get tired. Then I looked in that bag, you just you know, we didn't have anything sophisticated the nineteen fifties just had a little bag there, paper bag, brown paper bag. And I thought, I've still got got several ounces of corn. Man, because that's exactly what the Bible says. In Galatians 6, 8, it says, He that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. Talking to a, a, a waiter today before we left the restaurant. And he was a, I dare say, pretty slender fellow. And uh, he said, he said at one time, and he said what, what he weighed, and he said, uh, I got that away because I just couldn't put away extra snacks. And he said, I, I got off of meat and I started marginalizing what I ate. And he said, I feel terrific right now. He said, as this waiter's job, he said, I don't know how many miles I walk per day. Now, you know, think of other things as well. Think of alcohol. Drinking drinking alcohol. The Bible says around 88 times in the Word of God about the ill effects of drinking alcohol alcohol. If we drink that stuff, then that stuff is sooner or later is going to sow corruption. It's going to come out in some type of form of disease. It's going to catch up with us soon or later. I was looking out the window the other day of a store, and I thought, well, that man's mouth is on fire. Well, it wasn't on fire at all. He had one of these uh, vapor sticks. I don't know what you call them. But I mean the smoke was just rolling from his mouth and and nose and what have you. You know, I, I want to tell you something. That can't be good. Sooner or later, that's got to catch up with you. And, you know, and, and as a pastor, I've spoken to many drug addicts that have just ingested so many drugs and sooner or later that's going to come up it's going to catch up with you I know grant worked in court and so did his lovely wife Connie and they saw that every day is that not right grant I mean it just catches up with you and it's not only destroying your health it destroys it destroys your life your quality of life I told I told the story of, i I know of a a young man that I coached in high school, he was a superb quarterback. He was a superb shortstop. And he had a future before him. And yet he has a list of DUIs and a, a list of years in prison. And, and what a shame because sooner or later that, that catches up with you and it will destroy you. One who sows to the flesh reaps corruption. Second thing is that the love of money leads to the disillusionment and heartbreak of poverty. Dr. John R. Rice, I read the story, went to a Bible college in Buffalo, New York to speak 50 years ago or better. And he, tell, he tells the story of walking into that Bible college. And that Bible college was in downtown slum section of Buffalo. But when he walked into that Bible college, my, they had the greatest of tapestries, the greatest of carpeting on the floor, and the walls were just ornate with pictures. And they took him to a place to stay, and it was better than any hotel that he had gone through. And he tells the story of the history of that and said that that at one time was a brewery. They made booze. And the man that was the head of the brewery got saved. And he had made a Fortune in booze and when he got saved he had to shut the brewery down but to tell the story to young men young men and women that wanted to go full-time for Jesus ministers missionaries and what have you he remodeled the brewery now that's just the opposite of negativeness. He reaped a fortune the wrong way, but yet turned that fortune around and made something beautiful for the cause of Christ. That's what happens when somebody gets serious about serving Jesus. Amen? May I say that serving Jesus Christ should never be A flippant thing should not be just a casual understanding, that it should never be just a habit or just a good thing to do, but that serving Jesus should be something that we do seriously with fervor and dedication, The love of money leads to disillusionment can i tell you some things that you probably already know everything belongs to god everything including the money that you now have and isn't it a very generous god that says give me a tenth of my money? Did you ever look at it that way? If someone gives me $50,000 and says the way to hell, Bible's pretty straight on that, isn't it? That's pretty straight down the line. I read about a preacher or a man who went to a preacher and he said to the preacher he said preacher I'm going to kill myself because you see I just can't stay away from women and the only way that I can end this is to kill myself and the pastor thank God, was able to lead him to Jesus. And that man became a faithful servant in that local church. But what a terrible admonition that I can't get the opposite sex off of my mind in a negative way. And beloved of God, this is not preached on and i there's little children in here but what i'm 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 trying to say is that's all over tv it's all over the newspapers and it's coming out of this hollywood cesspool people see that and they see these these tv programs that last a half an hour there's Supposed to be sitcoms. And they're sick calm, is what they are. Because they never show a family praying together, singing together, worshiping together, playing games together, being there for each other. They always see the dad, who's not really a dad. He's really a shim, and, and the mother who is off somewhere doing things that ought not be done, and children running around fending for themselves. You don't see that out of the scum and filth and the garbage of Hollywood because they're garbage-oriented. Thank God for a home where children are safe and they don't hear profanity and they don't see booze and they don't see the misappropriation of drugs and they hear about Jesus. That's the home. One who sows for God is certain to reap good. But then number next Matthew 10:32 Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men him will I confess also before my father which is in heaven Wow that's a pretty good claim isn't it Malachi 3:10 says bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in mine house and prove me now Herewith saith the Lord of hosts, If I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall be no room enough to receive it. And Second Corinthians 9, 6 says, For he which soweth sparingly shall reap sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Those are some laws of sowing and reaping. If you sow a lot of good, then a lot of good will be reaped. Amen? I've never heard a preacher say yet that I've sowed too much. Never. I've heard I wish I would have done more, but we're not like that when we're sowing our garden, are we? Let's say we have a choice plot of land, and we're going to sow. And so we plow that acre, and we till that acre, an acre is a pretty good little size of ground to have a garden and you know what we do I don't because I, I don't have that ground but you know what farmers do farmers get out there and they know exactly how close the rows are that they can plant and they can reap the most for their sowing they knew how far to put that corn They know how deep to put it. They know how deep the furrow is. And they know how close to put it uh, before it'll block out the other plant that's next to it and kill it. They know exactly. And you know what? They know exactly how far apart to plant those onions and beets and radishes and carrots, cauliflower, whatever they're going to plant, they have thought this out in their mind. They have done it over and over and over. They want to get the most productivity out of that piece of ground. They don't sow an acre and end up planting a quarter of it. No, whatever they plow is what they intend to use. Now, if we just desire to plant just a little bit, what are we going to reap? If we want a medium-sized garden, what are we going to reap? Medium dividends. But if we plant the whole kahana, the whole acre, what are we going to get in return for that? Beloved, that's the way it is in living and sowing for Christ. We're not going to get a speck more out of what we're sowing than what we put into it. That's it. That's it. When we get to heaven, I'm afraid the Lord's going to say, I gave you the opportunity to sow to thousands and you sowed only to hundreds but I gave you the ability to sow to those thousands or I gave you the ability to sow to 20,000 and you sowed to 1,000. And so the Lord said, you've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you masters over much. But you could have sown more, and you could have reaped more. You could have had more, and you could have won more. To me, that's sad, to me. So, the gospel, he, Psalms 126, 6, he, that's anyone, that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless Come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. I was never disappointed. I've never been disappointed when I've won somebody to Christ. Oh, I won them to Christ. I wish I hadn't. No, I've, I've never felt that. I've ultimately felt joy for knowing that one more soul is going to make it to heaven. Acts 5:32 and we are his witnesses of these things and so is also the holy ghost whom god hath given to them that obey him. I don't know if you outline in your bible but I want to give you I want to give you an outline. First of all, in chapter 5 Look at verse 1. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. See, this this is why we do not reap as much as we could because of the fact that we do not stand fast in the liberty of Jesus, but we succumb to the bondage. That's the world and the world's grip upon us, keeping us from the things of Christ. But when we receive Christ, we have that liberty, but do we use it? Stand fast. And then in verse 16, this I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh we're to stand fast in the liberty that we have in Christ and we're to walk in the spirit of Christ and then in chapter 6 verse 1 Restore. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore. And then in the next verse, verse 2, bear ye one another's burden. Those are some strong truths from Galatians on sowing and reaping. And if we don't get anything out of this message other than the fact that sooner or later it will be shown by Almighty God what we actually have reaped. And it will be predicated on how much we have sown. Let's stand for a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, you have given us the ability and the commandment to sow. And then you've also forecast the results of our sowing. He that goeth forth rejoicing, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. That's declarative. That's what will happen if we sow. Father, help us as a church. There may be someone tonight that's listening in They may not be a Christian. Maybe we've sown a seed in their heart tonight. Maybe we've gone forth with that precious seed, and maybe we'll hear of rejoicing, that being that they've received you tonight as their personal Savior. Lord, help us to be more cognizant of how we sow, of what we sow, and when we sow. And may it be more important to us to sow those things that are of Christ than those of the world. Help us, in Jesus' name, amen.